Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. This is Hugh Douglas from 9290 Game, and you listen to MTMV Sports. This is Santia Deck, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot the shot. I'm coming in hot. Hey, how y'all doing? This is Rick Sincere with MTNV Sports. Geeked, elated, overjoyed. Y'all know what it is, man. Whenever I get Ross Jackson in the building, I'm always, always excited about it. Last time um, I had him here, y'all know I was like super geeked right out of the, I like out the gate. It was crazy. Um, this time we have him here. I, I feel like a little bit more close to him. Like he's, he's my guy, a mentor. I even talk to him, you know, outside of that. He's just an awesome dude, man. I, I love following him, following his show. And following where he's been but that doesn't change the fact that he is an authority on the new orleans saints and what's going to happen this upcoming offseason we have been like really into the drama of the saints since the loss to the vikings i wanted to bring ross on to get some questions kind of cleared up about what is going to happen with the new orleans saints heading in to the 2020 season ross man thank you so much for joining us how you doing bro Oh, man, I am just fine, brother. Thank you so much for welcoming me back onto your show, man. And uh, thank you for taking time to include me. It's all your wonderful work, man. You're killing it. Bro, I thank you so much for joining us, man. Look, love the work you're doing over at All Saints Considered and Locked On Saints. And now I hear you doing something else. I don't know if you're ready to reveal that yet. Are you? Oh, yeah. man. No, it's all, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, I started uh, writing over. took all my writing over to uh, Canal Street Chronicles. Um, all scenes considered, I'm still rocking with them. I'm, I'm working as their managing editor right now to make sure that like they're still getting stuff pushed out forward and everything like that. We're kind of rebranding over there, and then uh, but I wanted to take my writing over somewhere new and just start a new endeavor for myself. And so, Locked On Saints is still locked down every Monday through Friday, but now all my write ups and everything you can find over at Canal Street Chronicles. Just posted my first article yesterday with a deep dive into Alvin Kamara's season. Went through every single one of his 81 receptions from 2008. 2019 to sort of look at you know in terms of his production in 2019 which had a bit of a drop off what some of the factors might have been so i looked at things like depth of target depth of nearest downfield defender yards after catch red zone touches and i watched every single red zone play from the Saints to 2018 2019 as well and found some really interesting stuff man so i was very excited to be able to share that and to be able to share it on a platform like canal street chronicles now is really incredible they don't know what they just signed up for <laughs> They don't even know, but they about to find out. I love it. <laughs> I appreciate that, Obi. Thank you, man. I'm very excited. Yo, okay. So, as, as sports fans, even if people are not Saints fans, what they do know if they're NFL fans is that Drew Brees has announced that he's coming back for the 2020 season. How does that, how does his return impact the team's approach to the 2020 season, man? Yeah, man, it's a great question. And I think that for the most part, it was just the first domino to fall. You know, I mean, you heard a lot of things to where, uh, I mean, all off season up until Drew Brees finally 
you know, cut off his, it took him 24 days into his self-imposed one-month deadline that he set for himself at the Pro Bowl to make his decision. And during all that time, we heard about how Teddy Bridgewater was going to be the next guy up in New Orleans. We heard about how Taysom Hill's a franchise quarterback, so on and so forth. Uh, we just heard all this crazy stuff about quarterback talk, and then eventually, finally, the, 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 the first piece, the first puzzle piece falls there, and uh, you get Drew Brees back. And I think Drew Brees gives you the best opportunity to win in New Orleans, and it sort of helps to set the course for the offseason now as they move forward, because that's that's the biggest question. That was the biggest question that the Saints had was, who's going to be under center and how do we build a team appropriately around that quarterback? Cause building a team for Drew Brees or rather continuing to build the same team that you've been trying to build since 2006 with Drew Brees is different than building a team for Teddy Bridgewater, or building a team, especially for Taysom Hill, which is an entire philosophy change. You know, when you switch over full time to a mobile quarterback. So those were much bigger, bigger questions in terms of how to approach the offseason. Now it sort of puts you in a place where you're pretty close to your status quo with maybe a couple of nuances and adjustments to get away from the certain traps that you've fallen over the last few years where your team's fallen short, even with your breeze at the helm. And how do you improve upon the model that you started, that you started to construct with your breeze over these last few years? So it really puts them on a course now to where they're in the best possible position to continue to build around what they're accustomed to and it just improves the approach that they've taken over the last few few seasons. So his return, it, it's almost kind of like you think for sure that he's coming back to the New Orleans Saints. Could we get sidetracked in any way, shape, or form where his return doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be a Saint because he's not currently under contract? Uh, it would be, that would be huge. Uh, that would be wild uh, to be completely honest with you and I think that that would be something to where there would have to be some type of a, a major dispute between team and player and that's in that instance and I, I don't I just don't think you're gonna you're gonna see that and uh, a big part of it is that you know that from Drew and he has said very openly that he is either returning to New Orleans or he is retiring and that was his contemplation over the offseason even in the Instagram post where he announced that he was coming back his he he was very clear that his intent is to return to New Orleans um that guy's going to be a saint for the rest of his career. And if that means that he's on three more one-year contracts at some point, or, you know, and he's playing until he's 45, then that's what's going to be the case. Cause it's either that he's going to be in New Orleans or he's going to be, uh, or, or he's going to retire. And so it, it would, it would be a major, major rift. It, it would, it would need a major, major rift between player and organization or player and team in order for something like that to happen or for him to go elsewhere and put on another Jersey. You said, Three more one-year contracts. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not advocating <laughs> for three more. I'm saying that if he comes back into the NFL for you know three more years to continue to play until he's 45, like he originally said he wanted to do, then those three years would be in New Orleans or or not at all. But real That's, talk, do you think this is it? Like we have one more year with Breeze or two? I am. I am of the school of thought that 2020 will be his final season, his 20th season in the NFL. Uh, 15th with the team it's uh, it, it's one of those things where you you contemplated you being drew contemplated retirement to an extent that he had never contemplated before right this off season you know what i mean and your three early playoff exits uh to come back after that is already pretty heroic <laughs> to be completely honest with you uh and then you know not to not to bring up uh, bad memories or anything like that but you know he and Kobe were the same age Kobe and him have the same number had the same number of kids everything and so like that whole thing had to maybe not completely affect him but that had to be on his mind about how quickly things can change and how quickly things can change for your family and so I think that this would be it uh, for Drew and I'm drawing some conclusions there to stuff that 
isn't even relevant to the New Orleans Saints or isn't even really relevant to Drew as a person, but could affect his uh, his thought pattern. And, you know, this is the most seriously it seems that he's contemplated retirement. And so I, I would expect that after this year that this would be a 2020, 2021, a new quarterback and a new regime for New Orleans. Yeah, I've never seen him. And like you said, I've never seen that chink. I've never seen him even right. think about it before. And this is where he, you know, he, he takes a, a significant amount of time to think about it before he comes back or decides to come back. And then he makes an announcement that he's coming back. That wasn't just for drama in, in my book. I, I'm on the same page with you. I don't think it was just a dramatic move. I think he really contemplated, you know, whether this was the move for him to come back or not. Right, right. I mean, from the moment that he announced that he was going to be thinking about it at the Pro Bowl, it took him three weeks to to make that decision. It took him going to, you know, traveling. He went to Hawaii, then he came back out. He was out here in California for a little bit, and then he was, you know, gone for he was, you know, two days back on on back in the you know the contiguous states for him to make that decision. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he did some soul searching, and, all this stuff. and that's not even including all the time from the the January game against Minnesota until the, the the Pro Bowl that he was also you know taking time to make that consideration was another which was another few weeks and so it was a long time to consider and to mull that around and so I think that I think we're in the midst of the sun setting at this point now I've seen some of your mock drafts and I like them definitely retweeted them I like where you had with your thought process and I like the way you keep doing these mock drafts and and showing people where you're where you think the Saints are headed. How do you think Drew Brees is coming back impacts the, the way the Saints approach the draft? Um, I, I think I I think when you look at it, like I mean, you could say that Drew Brees coming back makes it so that you know the Saints don't have to go for a quarterback in the draft, and they feel that they can delay that another year or that they can rely on free agency and whatnot. But the the real determining factor when it comes to the quarterback idea in the draft in particular is, you know, does, does the team put an offer sheet in on uh, Taysom Hill after the Saints give him what I imagine will be a first-round tender? And then do the Saints match that, or do the Saints receive, take a first-round pick for an exchange for Taysom Hill and let him go to another team? So, you know, if that were to happen, then I think, yeah, you look for another quarterback in the draft, you probably bring in a guy like a Chase Daniel, somebody that's been in New Orleans before, somebody that knows that number two role in New Orleans in terms of the number two role being the veteran guy, the veteran presence that Drew Brees can stand off to the sideline when the defense is on the field and talk to you about what just happened while he was on offense and what to look for the next time he goes back out on the field. That's what that number two quarterback has been forever. That's that Mark Brunel, that's the Chase Daniel, the Luke McCown, the Teddy Bridgewater. That's what that number two role is. Uh, so if that were to happen and let's say Taysom Hill were to be signed away and go somewhere else, then I think the quarterback decision is pretty obvious depending on what you do in free agency. But in terms of how it affects the overall uh, draft, uh, the overall draft approach. It depends on what the Saints do in free agency. The Saints have been very consistent since Jeff Ireland's been around that they don't often draft specifically for need, that they try to go best player available because they try to fit all of those those holes, everything, all, all the needs that they need to meet. They try to do that during free agency so that they can move in freely to the draft and make selections based upon who's on the board and who uh, is available on and and who's ranked highly on their their rankings, and so I don't know that it affects the um, that affects that too much. However, the one thing that I will say is that who your top wide receiver is with Teddy Bridgewater under center might not be who your top receiver is with Drew Brees under center. And what I mean by that is that 
Taysom, I'm sorry, T- well, yeah, Taysom Hill and Teddy Bridgewater, both of them have stronger arms than Drew Brees at this point. Uh, and so when you look at that and you look at the type of offense that Drew Brees is going to lead, which is going to be a lot of short intermediate routes, then a Jalen Rager, a Justin Jefferson, a Brandon Ayuk, those guys that can create after the catch, Henry Ruggs, those guys become a little bit more valuable to you because they can stretch the field, but also they can take a five yards land, get 35 out of it. They can take, you know, uh, a, a, a deep over route or a deep post over the middle and then extend that for, for more yardage and be game breakers in that way. And, but you know, with a guy like, a. Uh, 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 Teddy Bridgewater or Taysom Hill, maybe you're looking for more possession-type receivers. You're looking for like a LaVisca Chenault. You're looking for short-handed types of guys. Um, uh, Isaiah, Isaiah Hodgins out of uh, out of Oklahoma State. Those, those guys that can catch uh, a ball over the middle in, in tough scenarios and stuff like that, those might be the guys that you look for for those other ones, for those other quarterbacks. And so I think that's going to be one of those things that does adjust what rankings look like, and that might be something that we can see that becomes legible into the draft. I have to ask you this question. It's, it's one that's going to maybe prick at you a little bit, but uh-huh. I need to know, do you honestly believe that Taysom Hill is the future at quarterback for the New Orleans Saints? <laughs> Um, I, I believe that I believe that Taysom Hill could have a future uh, as the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. But do I believe that he is the future for the Saints? No, not necessarily. And and that's not to say that he can't be. It's just to say that at this point, I haven't seen anything that says that he is. Thirteen passes so far in the NFL. That's what I've seen from him. And most of them have been one read throws or at least like half field reads. And the other portion of them have been check downs or inaccurate passes that go behind their defenders or doing behind the intended receivers. You know, we love to talk about the, the big deep ball that he threw in the wild card game against Minnesota to Deontay Harris, but that was also underthrown. So it's, it, you know, it, 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 it's tough to look at what's there and available in terms of his regular season action and say, yes, that's somebody that can be translated into a franchise quarterback in the NFL because we don't get to see what the what the coaches see in practice. You know what I mean? And so in terms of what's on film right now, I haven't seen anything yet that says that he is the franchise guy in the NFL. And, it's, and again, it, it's not to say that he couldn't be, but he certainly hasn't shown me enough to where I felt comfortable being one of those people that might have said, hey, Drew Brees should just retire this year. We're good. They'll roll with Taysom. With Taysom. I, I wasn't really on that train. And so uh, tough tough to say at this point, but uh, or rather tough to say for the future, but at this point, I don't really see it that way. Now, when Drew Brees went down during the season, you were one of those people who I went to. I went to your podcast. I listened to it, and I I was in need of some some comfort because I was scared <laughs> going into that stretch. And you approached it where you said, "Hey, we're going to be fine. All we need is basically one to two wins out of this situation. And when Drew comes back, he's going to lead the ship, and we're going to be okay." Don't worry. And you gave a stirring rationale for why no one should be worried. And then Teddy took off. Teddy Teddy took off. And not that he was just, you know, so efficient on in the offense, but he just led us to five straight wins. That was that was awesome. Do did you feel during his time that he's that guy? Like you talked about Taysom, you say you didn't never got that feeling. Did you ever get that feeling from Teddy where, hey, if if Teddy were the guy, we'd be fine? Well, that's that's kind of what I look at. I mean, when you look at what Teddy Bridgewater did and what he can do with, you know, you look at what he did in terms of coming in and being a replacement guy with very little lead time in terms of preparing to become the starting quarterback over those five games. Think about what 
he could do with a team that was actually constructed around him over an entire offseason and that he got to install the game plan for himself. So you look at all of that and you look at him being a guy that's very efficient with the ball, somebody that is not going to turn the ball over. He's not going to lose you games. And yeah, every now and then he needs some help. Like in the Seattle game, you saw, you know, special teams and defense being the, the difference in that game. You know, Deontay Harris bringing back the punt return, Von Bell returning the fumble recovery for a touchdown. All, th- that's fine. You're going to get those games where there there are were games in the past where Drew Brees has needed that help, where the offense didn't score a single touchdown. I mean, look at the Falcons game coming off the bye week. The Saints, historically great. Coach, Coach Payton, historically great off the bye week over the last 10 years. With the best uh, off over the last 10 years. And the Saints score no touchdowns against a division rival at home off the bye week. And that division rival, of course, is the Atlanta Falcons. There's no good optic there. There's no, like, there's no positive to take from that. Um, and that was a Drew Brees. And so sometimes you have those games, and sometimes they happen. The difference is that with Teddy Bridgewater, they won that game. With Drew Brees, they didn't win that game. And a lot of that had to do with the way that the defense played, right? So either you get the help or you don't. Either you have those games or you don't. The thing about Teddy Bridgewater that I liked is that he is a more immediate translation of Drew Brees. Is he as good as Drew Brees? Would he ever be as good as Drew Brees? No. No, no, no. But he's a more immediate translation. He fits the mold a little bit more as a pocket passer. I know there are there are some people out there that still look at Teddy Bridgewater as a mobile quarterback. He's never been a mobile quarterback. That's never been a part of his game. At Louisville, that wasn't his selling point. He was smart. He was cerebral. He was a good pocket passer, and he had great composure. The biggest issue was that he held the ball too long, which is something you still saw um, in, in the five games that he started for the Saints. So – my thing with Teddy Bridgewater is that I was more, I would have been more comfortable, let's say Drew Brees did retire, I would have been more comfortable watching Teddy Bridgewater step into that starting role because there's, it feels a little bit more of a constant than the idea of the complete shakeup that comes with shifting over to a quarterback the style of Taysom Hill. So the Saints have several major free agents this offseason, P.J. Williams, A.J. Klein, Von Bell. Uh, we mentioned Taysom Hill and Teddy. But Andres Pete is there as well, and then Ted Ginn Jr. In your opinion, who stays and who goes? Uh, let's see. You mentioned uh, PJ. PJ, I think, is is gone. I, I think he's going to get a nice deal somewhere. He showed something that was really, really impressive this past season, which was when Marcus Williams was hurt, and um, actually both those safeties were hurt, and PJ Williams slipped into that free safety role and actually performed really well there. I think that that type of positional versatility is something that a lot of NFL teams are going to want. He's already shown that he has, uh, you know, he, he plays well in the slot. That was something that I thought was going to get him signed away last offseason. Didn't happen. And maybe that that uh, that DUI that he got over the offseason had something to do with that. But this season, as long as he maintains his composure and makes better choices, um, then he should end up with a contract that is pretty sizable. I mean, I don't think he's going to be a top eight corner or a top eight secondary defensive back or anything like that, but he should be offered a contract that the Saints aren't going to be willing to match, if that makes sense. Um, so I look at him to be gone. Um, the the next person on that list that I think would be gone would be, of course, Teddy Bridgewater. I think Teddy Bridgewater signed somewhere else. I think that you saw he, he made the absolute right choice to return to New Orleans this last offseason as opposed to signing and going home to Miami. He chose to go to New Orleans. Jabriz tears a UCL. He goes 5-0, and and now he's going to get big money in the offseason. 
do I think he's going to get $30 million like his agent is leaking? No, 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 100% not. But <laughs> he's not going to get that for a year. Uh, but he's more than certainly deserving of a starting position elsewhere. And if he gets that offer and he gets the money, I think he should take it. I think that's, I think that is a better choice for him. Don't put yourself on ice any longer. Like go out there and be the, the quarterback that you expect to be. So the chargers, the Colts, the bears, lots of opportunities for him out there. Um, Andrews Pete's actually a really tricky one. I know a lot of people just want him to be gone, but it, <laughs> that's actually a really tricky one. Uh, his, his positional versatility is something that's actually really important to his team because of the fact you never know how many games you're really going to get out of Toronto Armstead. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm of the I'm you know of the 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 group of people that champion that he can go. <laughs> that he can, you know that he's. He's uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't, I'll say uh, expendable. Uh, he's expendable, but you know, at the same time, like you know, I mean, if your options are going to be him, Joe Tooney, or uh, Ben Sheriff as the top three guards that are out there on the market, and you can't afford uh, Ben Sheriff because he could potentially be franchise tagged by Washington, and you can't afford Joe Tooney because let's say the Miami Dolphins are willing to give him a big contract, and just Pete's your next best option, <laughs> and so. Um, and, and, and even Andrew Speed's going to cost you around $10 million a year, more than likely. And so, uh, in that case, Andrew Speed might be your best option, unless you're comfortable rolling with Nick Easton, who played well, but not necessarily great. You know, it's kind of a horizontal or a lateral move in a way. Uh, so, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. But ultimately, I do think that the Saints let him walk. Uh, he's been a little underwhelming, and the injury history, I think, is something that's, that's going to... Uh, really give them pause in terms of bringing him back. Um, and then Ted Ginn Jr. is the other player that you mentioned that I think is is gone after this year. He had a great 2017 when he signed with the Saints, 75.7% completion percentage, played really, really well. He was this great number two, and then all of a sudden that all dropped off, and then he was back to, you know, stone hands mcgee out there dropping passes 53 percent completion percentage and everything like that like just not great um and i think the saints really 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 need to focus on actually addressing that wide receiver position opposite michael thomas or in the slot whichever uh and getting them getting drew Brees in particular uh, more help going into next season but those other guys i can all see sticking around um aj klein i think Taysom hill sticks around i don't think the saints let him walk away especially if they truly believe that he's the future and he is a franchise quarterback then you keep him around for this year you allow him to continue to be the person that he's been for this team and then next year he takes over you know uh, if 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 that's truly 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 what this organization believes then you don't let him walk away Uh, but at the same time if you get offered a first round pick for your third string quarterback slash third string tight end it's kind of hard to not say yes to that you know what i mean um but I think the intent would be to uh, to maintain him. Uh, some of the other guys that are out there that are pending free agents as well, Von Bell's huge. I think you have to work to retain him, but his price tag could be big because all of a sudden there's a safety market in the NFL. A couple years ago there wasn't. Now all of a sudden there is. Uh, but the Saints do have Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who's somebody that's extremely versatile and that can play multiple positions. We've also got Saquon Hampton. So there's some of those box safety roles that still exist for the Saints, even if it's not Von Bell in particular. Uh, but Von Bell would be sorely, sorely missed. He's just a leader of the defense, a cerebral guy, super um, super smart and great leadership for that unit. So uh, he would be somebody that would be very sad to see go. But I kind of have the feeling that he could be this year's Mark Ingram as one of those guys that none of us wants to see go away, but that ultimately does. Um, so I would hate to see him go, but I think the Saints will work very, very hard to retain him. And he even said himself that his first priority, first and foremost, is to stay in New Orleans. So mm-hmm. if that's the case, 
then I hope to see him back in the black and gold in 2020. Uh, and then Patrick Robinson, I think, is another one that's probably cut, kind of for the same reasons as Andrews Pete. His availability has been a big, big, big issue. And then when he is available, he's underperformed and underwhelmed. And so um, that's a quick rundown of some of the top free agents that I think and where they're going to end up going. This team has been right on the cusp of winning for the last three heartbreaking seasons. The Minnesota Miracle, um, the back call against the Rams, the Breeze Eagle Bomb. Um, <laughs> against the Vikings. Um, what, if anything, can get this team over the hump? Um, some people believe that Destin always be, you know, like bridesmaid, never the bride. But what if if something can get them over the hump? What is it? I think it's really, I think it's really kind of you to even look at them as bridesmaids because bridesmaids. Because honestly, I mean, they've like hardly been invited to the wedding. They haven't stiffed that Super Bowl, that Lombardi yet. The closest that they got was, of course, that NFC Championship game. And then this past season, they were kind of like caterers more than they were, uh, more than they were actually part of the wedding. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think in terms of the major, major things, I, I think, I think a greater focus on improving the passing defense is, is a must. And I talked to Deuce Windham about this, um, yesterday, actually on today, well, on, on, uh, the, one, the most recent episode of, of uh, Locked on Saints. And we were talking about improving the Saints linebacker core as well as their cornerbacks and their secondary. And when you do that with the focus of creating better coverage coverage players at those positions or bringing in better coverage players at those positions, then you can maybe flip this a little bit. We, we were talking about how we would rather look at the Saints as a top 10 passing defense and a top 20 run defense as opposed to being a top 20 passing defense and a top 10 run defense, which is what they've been consistently over the last few seasons. The, the passing game is where all the points are coming from. The passing game is where the demoralization is coming from. You look at the big 47-yard pass to Adam Thielen that set up the Kyle Rudolph touchdown in the uh, in the, the wild card game. And, of course, Marshawn Lattimore had gotten hurt on an injury that he later had surgery for, and everything is fine with that hand at this point. But it's – it's a tricky thing, and so. But when I look at it, I would say interior offensive line is big, and Andrews Pete's a big part of that. And then I would also mention the passing defense in particular. I mean, you want to maintain this really exciting front seven that you have, and and, and this rotation of the defensive line was incredibly impressive last season. And what was impressive about it was the early portion of the season to where the rotation was there, to where they were playing eight, nine guys along the defensive line, and they were just rotating and rotating and rotating and keeping everybody fresh because they had all these different combinations of players. It was like playing – it was the rotation that you see on the floor of a basketball game on the defensive line for the Saints, and it was massively impressive. And then eventually they lost that because Sheldon Rankins was injured. Um, Mar- uh, uh, Marcus Davenport got injured. And so when that started to happen, and all of a sudden that rotation didn't become rotation anymore, and it just became depth because you're having to cover for, for injuries, uh, that really started to hurt them toward the end of the season as well. You look at those games against that, that game against Minnesota, the, the amount of rushing yards, you know, 90-some-odd rushing yards to Dalvin Cook in that game, unable to contain around the edge. All that has to do with, with speed, but I would rather give that up, and I'd rather the Saints give up a 100-yard rusher than a 300-yard passer or, you know, or a 100-yard or, or three passing touchdowns. You know what I mean? That would be a greater focus for me. And so I think those two things, interior offensive line and secondary or really not even secondary just coverage in the passing game would be big benefits for this team there are some free agents of interest um on the market who do you love who would you love to see the saints target this offseason 
Um, you know, a couple of big name free agents that often out there. Uh, I really like uh, Byron Jones. I know he's not much of a big. He's not a guy in terms of creating turnovers, but that's okay. Um, neither is the rest of the Saints secondary at this point, well, outside of maybe Marcus Williams. Uh, but Byron Jones is just somebody that covers very well. He plays the schemes that fit New Orleans, cover one, cover three, man coverage, and he plays special teams. I mean, he does so, so, so much, and he's very much a team guy, and you, you have to like that. And so he's somebody that I think would be the, the top corner out there uh, for them, if not him, then maybe A.J. Boye if he ends up getting released from the Jags, which it seems like he may. So there's some really good names out there in free agency for them to, to try to bring in if they were to decide to try to revamp that secondary a little bit, especially Especially if you've got Janoris Jenkins, who's on an $11.25 million contract they brought in at the end of uh, last season, that either they can release him and re-sign him and sort of restructure that contract to save some money, or they can just let him go and save, you know, and pick up that $11.25 million for their on their salary to bring in a bigger a bigger piece if they wanted to do that. Um, another guy, in a, uh, Deuce and I also talked about him, was uh, Corey Littleton, the, um, the linebacker out of the Los Angeles Rams. Incredible, incredibly athletic guy great in coverage another guy that forces turnovers uh joe sherbert's another sorry Schobert. i always want to call him sherbert joe Schobert <laughs> out of uh out of cleveland and you know if you scoff at the idea of a cleveland browns player don't forget demario davis formerly a cleveland browns player as well um He's an excellent piece that also, you know, forces a lot of turnovers, had more interceptions than most of the Saints secondary combined last year. And so I think those pieces on the defense would be great. And I'll tell you one of my favorite wide receivers that's going to be somewhat on the market um, this offseason that I think is a little bit of a uh, – this is a little bit of a, a, a diamond in the rough type of a thing, but we'll see what happens because the Saints have had the, the ball roll the right way for them before. Uh, he's going to be a restricted free agent, but Tajay Sharp out of Tennessee, who is an incredibly talented wide receiver, plays in the slot for them. They have some big decisions to make with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Perhaps if they put a first or second round tender down on a guy like Tajay Sharp and the Saints make a contract offer to him that the uh, Titans aren't willing to match, then they, you know, the Saints could potentially steal him away from uh, from uh, from Tennessee. And depending on what Tennessee wants to do in terms of saving their money, there's the first and second round tender, but there's also the right of first refusal tender, which would be the best possible option for the Saints in that case. And so there's just some some you know some guys out there that I really really like that would fit well with the Saints. Jarvis Wright as well, the wide receiver out of. Uh, Carolina, who had a two-year contract offer two years ago from Carolina, but his second offer on the table was a one-year offer from the Saints. He ultimately went with the Carolina offer because it was a longer tenure and it was a great, it was a better choice for him. So uh, I like a couple of those guys out there. I wouldn't be willing to give up a first-round pick for Tajay Sharp is the only thing. So it would have to be a right of first refusal tender, um, or them just not making a contract offer to him at all. But he's a, he's a name that I'll be tracking during the offseason. So there's some really good ones out there. And I, I mentioned some of the um, the offensive linemen that are out there. There are some of the, the maybe mid-tier guys as well, like Quentin Spain out of Buffalo. Then you've got over the linebackers, Nick Kwiatkowski out of, uh, out of Chicago. And so there's there's a lot of options out there, but I'll be very interested to see what the Saints do and what, what positions they try to address first. You know, they haven't addressed the wide receiver position in a while. They tried to with Adam Humphrey last year as the big day one signing, which they tend to stay away from. Uh, in free agency, they really haven't done that since the Jairus Bird debacle, and so it's it'll be interesting to see if they're you know the patient team again, or if they go out and try to make a splash on day one and then sit back and try to be a little bit more reserved after that. All right, 
So we're about to hop into this last segment. It's it's our happy, sad, angry, or indifferent segment, right? Um, so, um, what I, I'm gonna throw out a scenario is rapid fire. It's a rapid fire segment. I'm gonna throw out a scenario, and then you basically say whether it makes you uh, as a as a Saints fan, will it make you happy, sad, angry, or indifferent? Um, and, and you can give, and you can choose whether you're going from you know a standpoint of an analyst or a fan, right? So here we go. You ready? Yep. All right. First scenario. Taysom Hill signs with the New England Patriots. Uh, I'll go. I'll go sad for that one. Uh, the reason why I don't like it is because the the Patriots pick directly in front of the Saints uh, at number twenty three in the first round, and so the Saints don't really get much draft capital out of them. Uh, if it were a pick earlier, then I think the Saints would would be willing to settle with not taking the uh, contract offer or matching the offer sheet. So I'll go sad for that one. All right. Teddy Bridgewater becomes a Charger. Happy. Very happy for him. I'd be happy for him in that case. Okay. The Saints re-sign Andres Pete. I'm going to go analyst. I'm going to go analyst. Okay, okay. <laughs> I have to go analyst for this one. And I'm going to say, I will say happy because it fills a need, it fills a hole, and they probably exhausted every other option before they fell back to Andrew's beat. Got it, got it. So it was the um, best case scenario. Uh, yes. Okay, okay. Now, um, and it, it's so funny how people are, are dealing with Andres right now. He went to the Pro Bowl. Which um, you know, they people gave him no love for. And if you if you follow Saints Twitter, man, you see just this it, it's not even up and down, it's just straight down on Andres Pete. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like some people are like, Oh, I love him, I don't right. He's if nobody's out there like, Oh man, give me some more of that Pete. I need right, that. Yeah, nobody's out there defending defending Andrews Pete. Like, whoa, 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 y'all chill out. Like, just yeah, I've never like all the time. <laughs> nobody, not you, not Deuce, not Nick. Nobody comes up and say, "Hey guys, chill out, man. Pete's been right. great." <laughs> oh man. But anyway, um, you know what? I'm gonna be the guy to say, um, we'll we'll just stop talking crazy about Pete. If if he's, <laughs> if he's still here, then you know, you know, he's here. Um, if he's gone, then, you know, hurrah. Anyway, so, um, Von Bell signs with the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, angry, angry. I was ready to say sad, but I'm angry about that one. I'm mad. I'm mad. Von Bell, no, 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 Von Bell, no. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go angry with that one. <laughs> I can't be an analyst on that one. That's got to be all fan right there. Okay, no, okay. No, no, no. <laughs> man man that's funny okay <laughs> alright here we go um, the Saints trade up in the first round and they select Tua I'll say indifferent on that one I'll say indifferent because it. De- I guess I guess I need to know like medical wise what that looks like but I actually say indifferent on that one. I'm not. I'm not mad at it. I'm not happy about it because I don't know yet. But I w- I'll. I'll go indifferent. And and it would also have to to really depend on 
what they gave up, right? Yeah, good point. Like the compensation, everything is such a big part of that conversation too. Like, I mean, you know, did they did they end up fleecing somebody for once, or did they get fleeced? Like, what happened? Uh, but yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll go in different on that one. But certainly, the idea of Tua in New Orleans is something that I've I've thought of and that I've, I've toyed with, and it's not a bad fit at all. But you know, the medicals are such a big thing at this point, and then like you mentioned, the compensation. All right, we got three more, real quick. I'll see if I can actually make these three rapid fire. Here we go. Ready? <laughs> Ready. The Saints add Robbie Anderson in free agency. Happy. Bet. Okay. Okay. The Saints trade out of the first round and select Jacob Eason early second. Trade out of the first round. Select Jacob Eason. I am mad about it. I don't like Jacob Eason. <laughs> 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 I'm mad about it. I would love to know. I would love to know what the other draft compensation was though when they traded back. But this is rapid fire, so I got to shut up. Okay. <laughs> and um, okay, here we go. Um, the Saints add Des Bryant and Josh Norman in free agency. Uh, depends on the contract. I'll say indifferent. Hmm. I'll say indifferent because this okay, that was the last question, right? Yep, so I can, I can actually talk about this. Yeah. Okay. Um, here's the thing. Champ Bailey, James Laurinaitis, like we've seen the Saints do that before. It's where they brought in some, some, you know, uh, over the hill, I guess you can sort of say, or recovering from injury free agents in the off season to like kick the tires on in training camp. And then eventually not move forward with, we've seen that several times they've done that. And so I, I would file that under that same type of approach. Um, but certainly it would be all about, like, what's the compensation? Um, what does the contract look like? Uh, that kind of thing. Um, Is but, that for uh, Dev or for Josh? I, I'm saying for both. I'm saying for both. For Josh, it's a little bit more of that over-the-hill type of a thing. Like, we saw him absolutely drop off last season or over the court. I mean, really, since falling, going to Washington, but who doesn't fall off in Washington? And <laughs> then you look at Des Bryant as the person that's coming back from injury and everything um and so I, I put them in the same category there that for me it depends on what the compensation was and i'll be interested to see if they stick around through training camp which i think in that case i know you didn't ask me this but i'm gonna tell you in that case i think um des bryant sticks around longer than josh norman whoa okay yeah. okay as long as he's as long as he's healthy and he's recovered from his injury but he's given himself a full season at this point so Man, look, we're so happy to have you on. Always, always. Every time you go on anybody's show, you bring it. And so we're absolutely thankful that you brought it when you came here as well. Um, Ross, man, please tell people where they can find you, where they can get your awesome content now, and where, I mean, we talked about it earlier. Just remind them where they can find you, where they can get your, on your content, and then how they can get in contact with you if they want you know, any advice or have any Saints questions. Yeah, man, absolutely. Always a pleasure to be here, man. And I bring it because I care. You know what I'm saying? So, like, <laughs> I, I, I love I love the content that you're putting out there. I love the work that you're doing. And, you know, I believe in you endlessly. So I'm I'm, I'm very very thank very very thankful for uh, for you having me back. Um, Y'all can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola N O L A. Uh, you can catch the Locked On Saints podcast every single Monday through Friday on whatever wherever you get your favorite podcast, whether it's Spotify. 
uh, Stitcher, doesn't matter, Apple Podcasts, we're everywhere out there. So you can find that Locked on Saints every single Monday through Friday. It's the only Daily Saints podcast out there. And you can also catch all of my uh, work in terms of my written work over at CanalStreetChronicles.com for the new endeavor there. And if anybody ever needs to reach out, questions or, or anything that I can do to be helpful, RossJacksonASC at gmail.com. Yo, the feelings mutual, Ross, man. Humbled by you being here and thankful. All right, child, if you're out there and you're listening, man, I thank you. And hopefully you just got and I mean, you just got an earful. If you want more of this great content, go to Locked On Saints um, every day. Every day he's dropping cool, cool stuff like this, and he is holding it down. Great interviews as well. So you're going to get great interviews over there. You're going to get great content. So if you're a Saints fan, by all means, this is it for you. If you're not a Saints fan and you're just like uh, a fan of some other team for what reason there is you know whatever that is right then <laughs> you can then you can find a lot of stuff on the locked on network all right so so god bless you this is rick sincere mtmv sports we out i don't do the most but i do a lot i'ma make a toast because we still alive no big i feel like pop i shoot a shot i'm coming in Hot. 